but we would say things like Aunt Flo's visiting or, you know, we make up these strange sayings and we still do it now because in our society saying something like I'm bleeding or I have my period is kind of something that's looked at like you should be whispering it to your friend as opposed to just saying it out loud in the vicinity where people might hear like and it's really actually ridiculous because half of the world's population bleed it is just our natural biology happening yet we are living in this world where we're taught from a young age that it's hush hush and that it's women's business. You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Gray. As the name suggests, we do things unedited around here. You can expect to hear open and authentic conversations with a side of real talk. Join me as I explore a wide variety of topics within the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. I'm here with Rachel today, and Rachel is a period consultant. She has a realm of expertise, and rather than me intro her, I would love, Rachel, for you to give us a little bit of an insight, because even though I say period consultant, there's so much more to it than that. So if you could give um, everyone an uh, explanation of who you are mm-hmm. and um, so we can start to really unpack what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yes, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a period consultant. I'm a qualified nutritionist in my background. So that's how I first got into natural health and then... I really took a deep dive into women's health. I was super passionate about it. And whenever I had a client come through my doors and the problems that they wanted help with were based around hormones or their menstrual cycle, it really lit me up because I loved um, delving into the research and just coaching women through that because It's something that as a woman, even myself prior to moving into it, you know, professionally, it's not something that I spoke about. And so Mm. these women were coming through my doors and they were really awkward or they were really embarrassed or they just had no flippant idea about how things really should be. Mm. Um, So then I decided that that's where my career path was headed Um, and I started losing interest in the clients that would come through my door because I wanted to lose weight and things like that I just knew that this was my path and you know like we can all think about it and even like your listeners we all know somebody or multiple women that have problems with their menstrual cycles or um, hormone related issues like and it's just so prevalent but there's not a lot of people specialising in it. So I just felt really called to do that. And now that I'm, you know, in the midst of it all, I'm so glad that that's where where I've landed. 
would be so rewarding to help a woman with her health mm -hmm. from that perspective because I think one that no, nobody's talking about it yeah like okay let's just like break it down right like periods is like one of these things that well I don't know about you but like okay so I'm 36 and I remember like when I was a teenager like even saying that you had your period was like this really awful thing yeah even in my 20s um because I'm actually not on any hormonal birth control and I haven't been since I was a teenager yeah because of the fact that um, it actually makes me really unwell. I'm just really lucky that I haven't had a baby yet. <laughs> in the sense of my 20s, I kind of like partied my life away and like was a bit frivolous maybe with not protecting myself, which that's another story. Yeah. But, you know, I remember like before I made that switch to just making sure I was not having any hormonal birth control. Like I used to like take the pill to actually stop me getting my period and I'd skip the period pills oh, yeah. and if I wasn't like um I'm sure anybody listening right now has even done this is like you might be getting your period because you've forgotten to take your pill and then you might take a couple of birth control pills to get rid of it and I just was like that's not normal and also that's gross yeah but it was like such a it was like almost like this shamed conversation Yes, I'm so hearing you um, on two different things there. So, yes, I was also on um, the pill. I took it for 10 years straight. Wow. And I skipped Which is normal. period after period after period, you know, just months on end. I just would skip it because mm. I had the option to and it was convenient. Yeah. So I definitely hear where you're coming from there. And it was funny that you said, um, you know, in high school – it was not something you talked about and you wouldn't really be telling people, oh, I've got my period. But we would say things like, Aunt Flo's visiting. Or, you know, we make up these strange sayings and we still do it now because in our society, saying something like, I'm bleeding or I have my period is kind of something that's looked at like you should be whispering it to your friend. As opposed to just saying it out loud in the vicinity where people might hear like, and it's really actually ridiculous because half of the world's population bleed. It is just our natural biology happening. Yet we are living in this world where we're taught from a young age that it's hush-hush and that it's women's business or, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. So we're taught that from a young age and women, even at your and my age, still feel like this. And it's, it just, it's just unnecessary for us to feel like that. I think that what I... I think now because I'm in my 30s and I think when you move into your 30s, um, you start to have more confidence in who you really are. I think you grow into more of you, if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah. I don't know if it's maybe the journey that I've been on or maybe because I play in the realm of women's personal development mm -hmm. is I don't have any shame around it now. But I think what I notice 
especially with some of the young women I work with, is that they are having issues with their woman's health. Like, yeah. you know, and their periods. And there doesn't seem to be anybody out there that can actually provide them with a solution. Yeah. And I just think that having this conversation with you today wasn't just for my benefit. I think it's a conversation that needs to be had because I don't think there should be any shame around periods yeah. and saying things like bleeding, you know, yeah. because it's a reality. And also, too, I don't know, I'll get really worried here for a minute. That's how we give life. Like, we get pregnant because oh, we have a period. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's having a period is a sign of fertility mm. and fertility is a sign of health. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to unpack, like, the pill, periods, sure. all of this. But mm-hmm. before we do, yep. I'd love to maybe hear a little bit about um, really what led you to this point. Because you did say you'd been you'd studied nutrition and you were inspired by women's, you know, health and periods. But yep. was there any key moments growing up that impacted you, that led you to this point? Um. Yeah, so I suppose more in my early and mid-twenties, absolutely, those years impacted where I am now. So I already mentioned that I was on the pill for 10 years straight. Um, Age 25, I'm really bad with dates and stuff, I'm pretty sure I was 25, I was really suffering from anxiety, Mm -hmm. social anxiety actually. Wow. I had terrible gut issues and my skin was really bad and I just had all these different health issues going on but predominantly the anxiety is what led me down the path of looking into how can I better my health because I would wake up with a feeling of dread (coughs) for the day ahead and I remember thinking there has to be a better way like my friends don't feel like this like something's not right and so I started researching on the internet the good old internet um and I just went down the rabbit hole and one thing led to another and I learned about the impact of hormonal birth control on my health and I was just like nah that's it I've uh, this is going, this has to go. And so I quit my hormonal birth control because I really wanted to fix my mental health. And I did lots of other things as well. Like I really um, also delved into nutrition. That that point is where I decided I was going to um, become a nutritionist. But when I stopped the pill, nothing happened. Interesting. I, And by that, what I mean is I didn't get a period. And then the next month I didn't get a period. The next month I didn't and I didn't and I didn't. And this went on for 12 months. Wow. Yeah. And it was absolutely petrifying. As like a 25-year-old married woman that definitely, um, you know, wanted to have children. It was so scary. And I went, I, I kind of went through all these different phases like I was really scared then I was lost I was like what the hell do I even do like where do I go how do I fix this and then I was really angry yeah I was so angry that 
I didn't know what the pill was doing to my body. I was angry at myself because I was taking this thing day after day without ever really doing any research or I did, I sure as hell didn't read that little paper, mm. um, you know, the insert that comes with the packet. I never ever read that. And I was also bloody ropeable with the medical system and just with the fact that at 15 years old, I was put on, and I, you know, like I'm not blaming, I wasn't put on it. Obviously, I chose to take it. But at the age of 15, I was still a child. Like, and mm. where was the informed consent? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I get really worked up about that, but it's not the point now. And so my period didn't come back. And so I had this whole journey ahead of me. And that, at that point, I grew a whole new appreciation for menstrual cycles. And I'm telling you, the day that it came back, I cried with joy and I just wanted to have a big period party. And <laughs> I, I swore that I would never take it for granted again. And like, I was honestly so grateful. And then the next couple of periods were absolute hell. Wow. Oh my God. That, like so painful, like excruciating thought I was going to vomit pain. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get that as a teenager, but I think it was oh. more hormonal related. Yeah. Um, because I was looking after myself mm -hmm. more than anything else. And they are debilitating. Yes. I think I was on naprogesic for a while um, okay. just to lessen that. The intensity. Yeah. But that was such a long time ago. But I think that it's so important that your hormonal health is in check because I think I've seen you post something about it before about like your period is like your health check, right? Yeah. Like depending on how, how great it is. I think I was whinging to you the other day about mine because I've had a bit of stress happening over the last month and yeah. that impacted my cycle. Yeah, it's your monthly report card. That's it. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, it's, yeah, it's, wow. So it's your monthly report card, but it's actually impacted by the prior three months and the reason yeah. for that is because um, for an egg to reach ovulation it takes 100 days so you know from when it starts developing all the way through until the end which is ovulation that's like a hundred day process which is three months so if you have say today you, your house gets broken into or something really stressful, someone sideswipes you in your car, like you just get this really intense bout of stress, that could delay or impact your period in three months' time. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. I just learned something. <laughs> Would never have even thought that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when we're talking about like hormone health and period health, it is... 100% an everyday thing. Like you can't just decide in the week before your period, I'm going to get really healthy and I'm, I'm going to drink lots of water and I'm going to have no alcohol and I'm going to eat all my veggies so that this period is easier than last and then the last because that's just not, not how it works. Mm. Like that's 100 days and beyond that are affecting it. So when you're thinking about health and hormones, it's an everyday choice for yeah. sure.
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you were getting these really debilitating periods. Mm. What then happened after that? How long did it take for your cycle to somewhat normalize? Or was it again a very long journey from that point? Um, it wasn't super long. So once it came back, yeah, I had the debilitating pain. Um, but I reckon within six months, okay, everything had really evened out. My periods were like quite regular, and then from there, it, it wasn't so bad. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But I really made massive, yeah. massive diet and lifestyle changes. Okay. Main, like the main things would have been so the diet. I was like crazy sugar addict back in the day. <laughs> Like, ridiculous. Like, I would have Tim Tams in my drawer at work, and then I'd go home, and on the way home, I'd stop at the supermarket to get chocolate. Like, it was just insane. And I just, I didn't even know. Like, I literally, that makes me sound so dumb. I had no idea that, A, I was a sugar addict, or that, B, it was bad for me. Yeah. Um, so, I had to quit sugar, and... I literally did Sarah Wilson's I Quit Sugar program. Ah. Game changer. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so similar to my best friend, Sarah, who's also been on the podcast. Um, she She's actually um, been... She's on her second journey now of mm -hmm. coming off birth control. Um, this time, it's been so much more rewarding for her because it's been more of a process. Okay. But the first time, it wasn't. Hence why she went back on it. But a big thing so for her, common. yeah, and it, it, it was her skin, was, which was the main oh, thing. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, just that um, hormonal acne that comes with weaning off birth control, which I know that we'll talk about. Rebound. Yeah, but um, she was a massive, and still like a, not, nowhere near what it used to be, but sugar addict, definitely, and the same thing, she did the Sarah Wilson's I Quit Sugar, yeah, yep. and it gave her more awareness than anything yes. else. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, now that I think about, like, when I go way back, I think Sarah Wilson is where I literally started my, like, holistic journey. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And she is, like, the real deal, live it and breathe it person. Not only not eating sugar, but holistic health as a 360-degree approach. And I yeah. think, you know, that is something that we're all trying to achieve today, right? It's not yeah. just about, you know, cutting out sugar. It's about how can I integrate more whole foods into my diet? How can I, you know, um, positively impact my mental health? And how can I connect with Mother Nature? And, yeah. you know, there's so many layers yep. to living a beautiful life. Yep, definitely. Mm -hmm. How can I sleep more? How can I move my body mm. in a way that is conductive yep. to health and to my hormones? Yeah, there's... There's so many different avenues that we need to take into consideration, especially because we live in this modern world where just because of the way that we are in society is we're quite disconnected from how our biology actually operates. Yeah. Mm, so we do, we really need to be mindful of it and put steps in place to make sure that we're looking after our body. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I love that you mentioned connection. I think that's a that mind body connection is so mm -hmm. integral yeah. to, you know, living a great life. So 
Okay, so say for instance I'm listening to this episode now and I've been really interested because like I um, maybe I'm on birth control and I want to start like taking some steps towards moving away from birth control. Sure. Yeah. What what could be some of the things that I would do to do that? Or even if you were wanting to go off birth control, there's probably some steps you need to take before you just go cold turkey off it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can do it either way. Like okay. if for some women when they and this is how I did it, when I decided then that was it. Like I'd had enough and I was stopping. I didn't do any preparation. I just chucked my pill packet out and that was it. And if you want to do that, there's there's no real reason why you can't do that. Obviously, if you're going to stop halfway through your pill packet, you just need to know that you're going to have your withdrawal bleed a bit sooner than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do want to go down the route where you are doing a little bit of preparation, then what you would be doing to prepare is actually the same thing that you would be doing after you've stopped birth control to help rebalance your hormones. So one of the main things that you need to look at doing is helping your body detoxify and remove all of those synthetic hormones out of your body. Mm. So um, lots of liver love, basically. So to do that, you want to be eating... Um, lots of cruciferous vegetables. You want to be drinking heaps of fresh filtered water. And I'm saying filtered, and I'd like to emphasize filtered because mm. unfortunately our town water has um, fluoride and chlorine in it and they're not conducive to liver health. So you want to be making sure you have filtered water. <clears throat> um, and then you can do things like saunas to help really get your sweat on because that's going to help remove um, all of the toxins out of your body and then you can look at doing um, some supplementation but I've, I um, I think you need to work with a practitioner to get the right supplements yeah. for yourself but in general you'd be um, you can look at things like magnesium um, especially so the magnesium the reason I recommend that is because if your bowels are not working how they should, then you've got a problem. And the reason for that is because the the way that our body removes estrogen, so the used estrogen and the synthetic estrogen, is literally we poop it out. Really? Yep. So our liver processes it, does its thing. Our liver is an absolute trooper of a um, an organ. It's just it's yeah. just doing so much for us. It's my favorite. Yes. I love I our livers. It's, and we need to, yeah, really show, show our liver some love. Yeah. So the liver processes this, and then we literally have to poop it out. So if, you, if you're having issues down there, then you 100% have to address that. Um, and for some people, the magnesium can help to, to move things along. Yeah. Um, and then you'd also, you have to address your gut health as well. So that's another thing when either preparing to come off the pill or if you're already off it gut health is absolutely integral to our hormonal health and i'm so glad you mentioned this because after you listen to this episode in the coming weeks 
um, Rick Brennan, who was on season one, will come, be coming back onto the podcast, and we're doing an entire episode of not only gut health, but the gut-brain connection. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, because um, up to, yes. well, at least, you know, 70, 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. It sure is. And our gut health is probably far more important than anything else. Yeah. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. High five. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, a, it's an important conversation that we yeah. have to have. Yeah. yeah. And so with the pill, oh, and like, I say the pill, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm actually talking about all forms of hormonal birth control. It's all same same. Mm. Pill, IUD, thing in your arm. Yeah, yep. Um, exactly. Or oh, the implanon. Yeah. Okay. So they all are doing the same thing. They've got the same effect on the body. Okay. Good for me to us yeah. to know. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I just say the pill because that's what I was personally on, yeah. and it's the most common form of um, hormonal birth control that women are taking. So with the pill. It really wreaks havoc on your gut health ah, from a couple of really? different angles. Yes. So, um, and there's lots of research on this. So, depletes our nutrients. The pill depletes our nutrients. <clears throat> wow, because our, our gut is, can only absorb such a small amount anyway. Like, when we eat spinach leaves, it's not like every single nutrient in those spinach <laughs> leaves is actually going into our body. No. So imagine if you've got estrogen in there as well. Like, mm-hmm. your poor body. Yeah, yeah. And so the gut health... Oh, sorry. The, the hormonal birth control really can disrupt our microbiome. Okay. So that is the bugs that are living in our gut. And that alone affects our mental health. And so when you said that you um, have that gentleman coming back to talk about the gut-brain access, yep, hormonal birth control absolutely has something to do with all of this as well because if you're disrupting your gut health, which you are when you're on hormonal birth control, you are affecting your mental health, you're affecting your immune system, you're affecting your micronutrients, and all of these things, like they all link up everything in the body is touching everything else and is affecting everything else. So the gut-brain axis is also affected by our hormonal birth control. Wow. Yeah. Mind-blown. Yeah. That just, like, I can't even fathom that. (laughs) I didn't even think that that was even a possibility. Yeah. So... Unfortunately, it is. And nobody knows this. Mm. Like, that's what worries me the most. It's like... And, and it's like our options are really limited if we're trying to avoid pregnancy right at the end of the day. And I think people go on the pill or they use some form of birth control because it's convenient. But yeah, what I love it, Tim Ferriss always says that you never get a biological free meal. So if you do one thing, something else will always happen, right? So you want to take the pill because you don't want to have a baby or you don't want to get your period, but what's it actually doing biologically? It's doing a lot. It's doing so much. It's cutting off the communication between your brain and your ovaries. I can't remember where I heard this term, but I've adopted it because it sums it up so well. We are chemically castrating ourselves. We're cutting off the communication between our ovaries and our brain when we're using 
hormonal birth control, that's how we stop ourselves from ovulating. And then, you know, there's so many downstream effects of doing that because the synthetic hormones, so the estrogen and progesterone that we get in our birth control are absolutely not the same as the hormones that we produce for ourselves, that we make. And the only way that we can make those is by ovulating. Mm. And I think what a, a, you know, a lot of women don't realise is that these hormones, yes, of course they are governing our menstrual cycle, but they play such a bigger role in the body than just giving us a menstrual cycle. They are really important for brain, heart, bone health. Like there's just three things um, that are massive. And the, yeah, like I said, so the synthetic hormones, we don't get the same benefits. Um, a lot of women that take hormonal birth control, one of the things they definitely notice is that their mood changes. So depression is really tightly linked to our birth control. Mm. That's mm. worrying because mental health is. is such a, what's well, actually like becoming such a growing concern and if birth control is directly linked to an element of that, yeah. then that's only going to increase anyway. Yeah. Which we've got enough to answer for with mental health when it comes to like technology and other elements as well. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's more than like it's in a, we're getting attacked from all different directions because, like I said before, when we're using the birth control, then we're disrupting our gut health. So, bam, that's. Um, impacting your mental health mm. it's giving us the micronutrient deficiencies hello bam there it is again that affects our mental health um, and we're not getting the beautiful benefits of real progesterone and real estrogen on our mental health mm. it, it, do you know what i think it's just so much this is just a perfect example of one thing like in our body that we think operates one way it's actually yes. much bigger than that isn't it yeah it's all interconnected as well yeah mm. it really is but it's like anything in the body yeah absolutely yeah. so say for instance you're working with women on a day-to-day -day basis and you're helping them to either regain their period um or you know work with a healthy functioning period as well what are some of the side effects that you've seen from people that have actually been on birth control like mm -hmm. i know you've spoken about mental health and that that gut brain connection yeah um, i used to get really bad nausea like that was the only reason i didn't take it because when i used to take the pill yeah. and i don't know if it was even psychological for me but i would have this wave of nausea wash oh, over yeah. me yeah yeah okay. and i just could not take it because of that your body was telling you oh yeah mm -hmm. and I was lucky because I was like quite young then and yeah. my mum actually had problems with being on the pill as well and so she didn't force it upon me or anything Perfect. Yeah. so with symptoms um there's there's all the common ones so when women decide that they would like to come off birth control often Things that pop up are hormonal acne, which every woman absolutely is petrified of. And I, 
I totally understand. Like, it's our face. So I definitely understand. Um, low libido or no libido at all. Mm. Um, mood swings. Hair falling out, which is really horrible. And, you know, when I finished up my birth control, I had these. Wow. Yeah. I don't know about the mood swings. I think I was a total angel. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I definitely had, like, no libido. My hair was falling out. So I had, like, bald patches, like, at my temples. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember I was so paranoid about it. And acne for sure. But when, if you go on birth control to manage a symptom, mm -hmm. such as acne that's like a lot of women i think it's like 40 percent of women go on birth control for a reason other than preventing pregnancy like it's crazy like we get yep we get um prescribed the pill to manage symptoms so when i went on the pill as a teen i was like i suffered from acne really bad so of course it was a band-aid so then yeah. 10 years later take that band-aid away bam, there comes back my acne. And so other women experience that too. If you went on the pill for a certain, to, you know, cover up a certain symptom, it's very likely going to come back. And unfortunately, it's probably going to come back with a vengeance mm. because it's been, while you've covered it up with the birth control, underneath, it's just been festering away and getting bigger and turning into something worse. So that happens. Um, and then... You know, one of the other things I see is that you can stop your birth control and for the first, you know, one, two, three months, nothing really shows up and you think, oh my God, I'm in the clear. Like, I, I don't have any post-birth control symptoms. And then between four to six months, these symptoms start popping up. And like, this is what happens. Between four to six months is usually when the symptoms show up and so because you've quit your birth control so long ago women don't associate what's happening with them quitting birth control you know four or six months ago yeah so mm -hmm. interesting yeah because we're just living in the moment so we wouldn't have no, seen the correlation no, no. and so that period between when you quit your birth control up to about six months is really critical. Like you need to be putting things in place to replenish the nutrients that you've lost, rebuild your gut health, as I mentioned before, really loving your liver and just giving your body everything that it needs to rebalance and removing all of the things that aren't conducive to health. Mm. Yeah. I've got... Um, when was it? Yesterday? Yesterday. I actually just released a program and it's called Quitting Birth Control because I'm very creative with my program names. <laughs> um, but it's literally a step-by-step -step guide showing women how to come off birth control and reduce or avoid completely all of these horrible symptoms that we're talking about and really bring your body back into its healthy fertile state with balanced hormones as quickly as possible because you know it's weird because like we're in 2019 now and we know how to heal after birth control 
we know the diet we need to be eating we know the lifestyle choices that are going to put you into the fast track to hormone happy land and we know the micronutrients that you should be considering supplementing with but for some reason this information is not reaching the masses and it's just crazy so that's one of the main things that I work with my clients one-on-one -on -one with they come to me because they've quit their birth control and like me their period didn't come back or they are trying to get pregnant and really struggling or they have all these crazy symptoms that they're on the verge of going back onto birth control because they just can't handle it. And because that's what women kept coming to me for over and over, I've just, like, I just put all of the information that I would normally give to them over a month's worth of coaching into a program so that it can reach more people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is amazing. Mm. It's so amazing, babe, because I think it's like just because not everybody might be able to work with you in person, or some people are just very people don't want to. Yeah, yeah, and I get it. Yeah, me and too. And this just helps you to be able to still educate, but in a really beautiful way that's right for the person that wants to actually go yeah. through this process. Yeah, there's because there's definitely you know the people that are the self starters. They're just like, just give me the info. I've got this. Yeah, and then there's you know the other ladies that are just so overwhelmed because the the whole idea of trying to balance hormones just feels like way too big for them, and so they would really like to work one on one, and they want to have the access where they can just email me and be like, or you know text me and just be like, I need help with this. What should I do here? Um, and you know having the support and just the daily guidance. But for the women that are just like. Yeah, just give me give me the, the details of what I should be eating and the lifestyle tips. Tell me which supplements to get and I'll be on my way. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what should a healthy period be like? <laughs> like yeah. in the sense of, yeah. like, are there things that we should be looking out for? Like whether it's like, I don't know, like sometimes I find with some periods mm -hmm. I feel more clear and I'm at ease with my period, like it's not as much of a drama. Um, like, yep. again, like it, I suppose it depends what my mental state of mind is like. Yeah. I don't know why I'm asking this question, maybe because I've been tuning into it a lot more. Mm -hmm. I actually bought a menstrual cup this year. Yes. And Do it you love it? Changed my life. <laughs> Game changer. Ah. Yes, women either oh. are just like, oh my God, why did I not try this earlier? Yeah. Or they're just like, I can't get it in and like it's leaking. So you either love it or you hate it. Look, I love mine too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so day one, mm -hmm. I was I cried because I kept putting it in yeah. and it wasn't in the right place and I kept having leakage. Yeah. And it actually really rattled me because I'm like I have six planets and fire signs, so I'm all like, okay, get your shit done, Christy. <laughs> and my Virgo's a perfectionist. So she's like, um, you should have this by now. And I thought it would be really yeah. easy. Yeah. And I'd read a lot online about them first before I brought it. Okay. And I was like, oh no babe I got this. I'm good. And then when I actually struggled with it, I thought there was something wrong with my vagina. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, but then by no. the second day, 
I was good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It does and, take some getting used to. Yeah, and the best tip I have for anybody that has a menstrual cup, and Rachel, I'm sure, can share her <laughs> insights with us as well, is I actually pull it in and out in the shower. And I found that's a really beautiful way to not make it messy and to make it a really beautiful process. But I suppose my biggest thing that I've noticed since um, using a menstrual cup is I feel more feminine, more in tune with my body and period to like having a period now isn't a drama anymore. Yeah. It actually, it's I don't know. I love it. What so, a, do you know, I'm wondering if the reason you feel more in tune about it and more feminine is because when you use a menstrual cup, you're literally seeing the blood, like, in its raw form. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that's not, probably why... And, like, if we've got listeners that are just like, what, this is too much info. TMI. Soz, guys, but this is how period consultants talk. <laughs> um... So you're like literally seeing it and that's probably why you feel really connected to yeah. it and because it's it's your body. Yeah, and I think mm. it's not gross. No. Like to me it was still, I was like always like, oh, I've got my period and I feel really down. Uh-huh. Whereas I feel now using a menstrual cup really empowered. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's weird. I've been yeah. like raving to people about it. It's because I think that, it's hard enough having to deal with a period and having a negative connotation around it or stigma yeah. or shame. Yeah. Whereas this was like something that I never even thought that I would get from it. The reason I brought one was yeah. purely because I wanted to reduce waste and I'd heard all these, I was oh, one of the one. people that was flushing my tampon down the toilet and I actually <gasps> didn't realize how bad Naughty. it was. Yeah. And so once I learned that, I was like, right, I'm going to make a change. And beautiful. I was actually able to gain something really beautiful from it that yeah. I didn't expect. That's so great. Yeah. Um, okay, so a little bit of info for the listeners. There's actually three different shapes and sizes. Okay. So I'm not sure if you knew this. So because we're all individual, we're all snowflakes, um, our vaginas are different. So yes. And our cervix position is different. Okay. So there's cups that are made for women that have low cervixes. So they're quite, they're a bit, they're like shorter and stumpier and a bit wider more. They kind of look a little bit like a diaphragm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? They're like they're more like a bowl. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And then we've got the general size. Oh, sorry, general shape. Yep. Um, and then there's one for tall cervixes. So women that have like a really high cervix. Okay. And they're like long and skinny. So interesting. And then within those you can also get um, usually two sizes, so um, I don't know, size A and size B, I think they call them. And when you're purchasing, they'll usually tell you if you have had children, then you'll want yep. the bigger one, or I believe them it might be like over 35 or something, there's an age as well. But um, the thing is, if you get one and you try it and you continuously are leaking, or you're just like, this is so flipping uncomfortable, mm-hmm. potentially you've got. The wrong yeah. say, oh, shape and size. <laughs> I um, I can't even feel it when I wear it, and I think that's why Perfect. I feel empowered because mm-hmm. I'm not 
feeling like I have my period. Yeah. But I'll leave in the show notes below. I actually found a website that um, you do a quiz online and it will give you three recommendations of menstrual cups to look oh, at wow. based on their quiz. And yeah. the company purely deal on recommending menstrual cups to women. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so I'll leave the link in the show notes. So if anybody's listening and they're like, oh, I'm not sure, but I want to, like, explore this, then hit that link and do the quiz and see what comes your way. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The very first menstrual cup I purchased was actually in the UK. Yeah. And I think it was called a moon cup. And then when I came home, um, after a little while, I was like, I want to get a new one, like get a new fresh one. And I bought um, a local Aussie one, and it was a thousand times more comfortable. And the little tail that you yep. like remove the cup with was really soft, and I just felt like it made the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're purchasing, definitely look at the tail. Um, you want it to be rounded, and try to get something a little bit softer. Okay. Mine's yeah. rounded, but it's not soft. But um... I don't, it's not necessarily too doesn't, long. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. affect me, but that might be because of my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> fit your vagina perfectly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know if I've said vagina so much in one day today. I feel oh, kind of liberated saying yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I absolutely love that you educate to, Rachel, is working with the cycles of your period. And I think this is kind of the question I was leading into before, but then I got super distracted with menstrual cups (laughs) and feeling empowered. But I love that you really educate your community on how can you work with the different seasons or cycles of your period. And this is something I really wanted to unpack with you now because I think this adds so much value to how you actually feel and then working with the energy of what yes piece of your cycle you're in I love this you should see Rachel's face (laughs) right now she like is radiating energy which is just I'm just like soaking it all up because it's I remember when I first learned this I was like fascinated like a little kid and then you start putting it into practice and you're just like damn like, all women should be taught this stuff. So, there's two ways that I look at it. Um, either through the inner seasons, which reflect um, the seasons of the year. So, I'm talking about, like, summer, autumn, winter, spring. We, within our cycle, have an inner summer, an inner autumn, etc., etc. So... These are very fluid um, because this is a really feminine way to approach life. And with the feminine, nothing is black and white. So this, it's always going to flow. It's going to be a little bit different each cycle. It's going to be different for you, Christy, and Mm. and the way you um, like implement it compared to me. But as a general, when you have your period, you are in your inner winter. So if you think about like what's happening when we're literally in winter, it's cold, everything is, um, you know, like all the trees are sparse, we're spending time indoors, everything's really slowing down in nature, like everything's really slow, animals are hibernating, etc, etc. So when we have our period, 
think about what we feel and what we want to do. We literally want to hibernate, as in we just want to sit on the couch with our blanket and a hot chocolate and Netflix. Mm. We don't want to deal with people. We just want to be, you know, inward. Um, we slow right down. We should be eating and enjoying really warming, hearty foods. And then as we come out of menstruation, or as I like to say, come out of our period cave. Yes. <laughs> we go into our inner spring. And so outside in the real world, when we, we're in spring, all of the flowers are starting to bud. I love spring. Yeah, spring's <laughs> so good. There's, you know, um, little baby animals coming into the world. And there's a real sense of renewal. Um, and the way that we apply that to our cycle, so our inner spring, we are emerging back into the world after we've been bleeding. And we have a renewed sense of excitement for life. We're usually um, really keen to get back out into the world because, you know, after you've had your period um, and... And then when you stop bleeding and you're moving back out into the world, you do, you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm glad the bleeding side is finished now. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready to come back out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but there's this energy of innocence. So, you know, like when I said, like all the baby animals are coming out, when we are in our inner spring, we are still a little bit sensitive. Like okay. you don't just come out of your period and just be like, "World, I'm here. Let's. I'm ready to tackle it." Yeah. You're still a bit sensitive to things. So, if somebody says something to you that's a little bit offensive or quite direct, you might be like, "Oh, like hurt by that." Um. So taken aback. Yeah. Yeah. So the side of that is like the innocence of spring. That if that makes sense. sense. Totally. Cool. And then we move through to summer, which for us ladies is our ovulation. Yes. I think that's where I'm at right now. Perfect. I like that's why I'm loving life this week. Yes. Oh, everybody <laughs> loves their inner summer. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so outside in the world when we have summer, it's like the peak of the seasons. Like everything's kind of buzzing. Yeah. Um, the world's really hot. Everybody is out amongst it and nature is in full swing. Is this the best time to attract a partner? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh okay. yes. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking about that because, you know, I'm single AF, so... Well, anyway. it is because you, as a woman, when you're ovulating, you are emitting pheromones, you're glowing. Guys are like literally more attracted to you when you're ovulating. Okay, I want to ovulate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's fascinating. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not about me though. Please carry <laughs> on. <laughs> I think everybody's thinking the same thing. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, where was I? I very summer. easily lose my train of thought. Oh, um, yes. Okay, summer, so ovulation. Summer. Yeah. Yes. So we too are buzzing like we've got so much more energy than at any other time in the cycle we basically put on our superwoman cape and we can kind of do everything like we yep we, we're really productive we can 
handle any problems that come our way. We're really social, you know, whatever it is, we're at our peak and it's go, go, go. And you can totally handle it. It's our summer. Nice. Then we move through into our inner autumn. Back out in the world in real autumn, things are just slowing down. So there's where we're not, the world's not buzzing anymore like it was with summer. The leaves are changing colours. And if you just think about like there's a really like earthy, grounded feeling in, in autumn. Um, things are starting to degrade in nature. And when we flip that around into ourselves, it's just exactly the same. So emotionally, we start really grounding more. We move away from the outer energy. Where, like, you know, when you're ovulating, it's all about outside. You want to be with everybody. You are focusing on things outside. But then when you move into your inner autumn, you're coming back to an inner energy and things are more about you. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then the cycle starts all over again. Yep. Then we go into inner winter. Oh, you know, and things are degrading in our womb space as well, obviously, because mm. the... Um, endometrial lining is starting to break down and then we move into winter and we shed it and we get our period. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so that's the inner seasons. The other way to look at it, I won't go into so much depth, um, but I'll just quickly touch on them. So for inner summer, oh, sorry, God, inner, inner spring. Um, so we've just, we've finished our period. So yep. it's this, we're, we're coming out. Inner spring is the virgin. So I'm talking about the archetypes now. I love this. Because this is some people don't resonate with the inner seasons. Really? Yeah, but there's another way you can look at it, and it, and it's it's the same thing, but it just if this clicks for you, then it. Um, I love then a good. That's fine. I love a good analogy, or yeah. like love something that you know. You've got to work with what resonates for you. Exactly. Archetypes is great too. Very powerful. It is, and it it makes perfect sense as well. So we've got okay. we've got the Virgin, which. <laughs> is, you know, we're coming into the spring and it, it brings back that innocence thing I was talking about. We're a little bit fragile. Um, and then you move through into ovulation, which is summer. This is the mother archetype. Yeah. So the mother is very giving, very loving. Obviously, when we hit ovulation, we're ultra loving and, and we're very sensual as well. So this is the mother. Then we go to inner... Autumn, which is after ovulation, so it's our luteal phase. This is the wild woman. Ooh. And if you think about it, it makes sense. So not necessarily in your early autumn, but in your late autumn, if PMS is hitting, then the wild woman um, archetype will really resonate. But it's also with the wild woman. It's not necessarily about PMS and having mood swings. Yeah, okay. The wild woman represents like... The path where you're just like, you're focusing on you and you're doing what you want and she's very grounded and she's very earthly and she's wild and free. Beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And then you get your period and the archetype for this is the crone or the wise woman. Yeah. So like you're looking at like the, um, the elders. Yeah. So the women that have been through all of life and they've got all of this wisdom and they're very wise and so when we 
um, have our period, if you are able to slow down and tune in, you will get a lot of insight and downloads. And this is when you should be journaling because this is when the wise woman is showing up in your life. So it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are. And then I get really excited about this stuff. I've got one more thing. So in life, you actually go through these four phases over your whole life as well. So if you think about it, let's look at the archetypes. So the virgin, we're born up until um, menses. So when we first, you know, get our period or maybe a little bit further on, you know, there's no set dates, as I've said, but we are in that virgin archetype. We're very... Yes. And then we move into the mother. And, you know, even... It's not... It's not necessarily about having children. It's just the time in our life when we are bringing things into the world. So if you're a businesswoman, you're bringing things into the world. If you're a creative, you know, whatever it is. If it's children, great, but it doesn't have to be children. Yeah. You're bringing things into the world. Um, you're in, like, your prime sexual years as well because summer, ovulation, the mother, it's a very sexual and sensual time in the cycle mm. and then we move into the wild woman so if you think about menopause yeah in life yep or um yeah if you just think about somebody that's like you know 50 to 60 years old she's in her wild woman yeah stage yeah and then we move into the stage of the crone or the wise woman and it's you know when you're a wise old Nana goat. <laughs> and you can that. pass on all the wisdom to your grandchildren. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. And it's... Uh, we could talk about this stuff for hours. But if once you get the general idea of it, you can start to notice when you're moving from one season to another or from one archetype to another. And it just gives you really powerful insight into the energies... And the things that you're going to be focusing on and how you're going to be feeling. And it just makes, it makes life so much easier if you can understand why, for example, um, why am I so crazy productive one week and then the next week, all I can think about is running away from society. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. why is my libido crazy? for like a week and then it really it dwindles off and I'm only half interested mm. it just puts everything into perspective and it's because we are cyclical you know us women even if you're not cycling or if you're on birth control for example still the energy that us ladies have is cyclical yeah nothing you can't expect to be to be and feel and do the same things today and then five days time, expect that it's going to be exactly the same because it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is being, having the courage to tune into your energy mm -hmm. and know yeah. that it's going to change. Yeah. And then that's okay. Yeah. As well. Absolutely. Because I think as women, we're very good at doing and wanting to do all the things mm -hmm. rather than being. And sometimes our body is like mm -hmm. showing us or telling us or trying to communicate with us 
to maybe not push so hard or slow down or now you need to get up and go and we have to have the courage to tune into that. I could not agree more. Mm. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Our body's always, you know, whispering, talking to us every day. Yeah. If you don't listen, then she'll talk a bit louder. Yeah. And then eventually she'll be screaming at you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, um, I think that's something that I have probably um, leveraged so much more on maybe even in the last 12 months. When I went on my big um, health and well-being journey um, when I was 28, so that was now, oh my goodness, I sound so old, that was eight years ago <laughs> I went on this journey. Um, and I think that mind-body connection started to happen a couple of years in but it's probably been the last 24 months where I really trusted tuning into energy mm-hmm. tuning into not just me but the people around me you know what what's happening in my cycle what's going on with the moon that you yeah. know that really spiritual side of our woman's cycles yeah I think yeah. is something that's really this sounds so cheesy right now but I think it's really magnificent <laughs> and if you can kind of get rid of the stigma and the shame attached to it you can live a really fucking awesome life hell yeah you can mm. yeah if you yeah if you move beyond the exactly what you just said you move beyond the stigma and you embrace your cyclical nature and you embrace the way that you actually are as a woman and how you actually, how your biology operates, then you can take advantage of these different phases that you go through. And when you tune in and you, it's like a renewing every month. You, yeah, it's really powerful stuff if you just take the time to learn it, tune in, and then take advantage of it. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you've inspired me today to actually start tracking my cycle because I was kind of doing it alongside the moon, but then I had some new information hit me this week through astrology. So I'm going to kind of, before I share that with the world, I think I need to mull on it. But I've got a moon diary for 2020 and it has an entire section where you can chart your cycle. So I think just talking to you today, because I've been watching what you've been sharing online, that has inspired me to really tune into that even further than what I'm doing now to use that energy to my um, advantage. So thank you, Rachel. Welcome. Thank you. Now, I just want to say when you said, you know, mull on it, the other thing that women can do is bleed on it. So if you've got like a big decision or if there's something in the back of your mind that you're like, I think I need to make this change. Yeah. Bleed on it. So... Leave it until you've got your period. And this is when you're most inward. So bleed on it. See what comes up. Journal your little heart out. And the answer will be there. And, and you know, if you need to do it again, wait another cycle. Wait and bleed on it. Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Especially for somebody that doesn't really want to take, like, they might be apprehensive to take some action. Yeah. That's a great time to do it because they'll get some clarity and perspective from yeah. waiting to a time when they're the wise woman. Exactly. The wise woman, yeah. Exactly. And you do not want to be making brush decision or decisions 
when you're in your inner autumn or like, you know, when you're the wild woman because we tend to just be like, bugger this. Yeah. And then make these decisions. Although, you know, sometimes you do also need to listen because the thing is, is with the wild woman, she doesn't filter. She is pretty good at telling you the truth. Sometimes it can be exaggerated and not necessarily the truth underneath. But if you listen, sometimes what what is going on in your mind during your inner autumn is actually your inner truth. She sounds like my mum, pseudo. <laughs> <laughs> the wild woman just speaking the truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love it. So good. <laughs> so where can people find you? Like, how's the best way, like... What's the best way to connect with yeah. you? Um, how can people work with you? Um, sure. Well, I my favourite online hangout is Instagram. Yeah, I'm yeah. on there every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got a website, rachcondon.com. You'll be able to find my you know information about my programs there or my one-on-one consulting. Um, I'll leave it in the show notes as well so everyone has direct links to your hangouts perfect Yeah, and you um, consult on a one-on-one basis plus you have a program as well yeah that's right so one-on-one consulting um, we do via video call or phone call because I know some women don't love video calls so that can be done from anywhere in the world Um, and then I've got a couple of programs that can be done, you know, self-paced if, if people are interested. So there is quitting birth control. Um, by the time this podcast come out, that will be live and running. And my other program is called chart your cycle. And that is specifically designed to introduce women to the fertility awareness method. Um, specifically the symptothermal method. Um, that can be used as a form of natural birth control or you can use it to help you conceive because basically the gist of it is that you will be able to identify exactly when you're ovulating. Amazing. Yeah, so it's it's powerful stuff. That's good because I was only reading, um, I think it was something on Instagram this week about how inaccurate some of the apps are with ovulation yeah heavens above if anybody's listening and they are using an app to predict their ovulation please do not do that because the thing is unless you're inputting data there is there is no way that an app can tell you when you're ovulating Mm -hmm. yeah so if you're inputting data such as your cervical fluids or your, your basal body temperature um, into an app like Kindara, then those, you know, that is probably fine. But if you're just using an app that's basing, that you're ovulating based off the fact that last cycle was a 27 day cycle, that's just cray cray and you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. And I have one final question for you today. Yes. What are you most excited about in 2020? Ooh, what am I most excited about? Um, do you know what? I'm I'm really excited. So with my courses, I've moved them over into a platform, um, and I've I've started Condon Institute, and I'm just going to be building that up 
with a whole bunch of different courses so that women can go to Condon Institute and be empowered. Like the whole point of that is to empower women, to give them the information that they need to take control of their health, um, to know their menstrual cycles and to not be left in the dark because there's all this information, like I said before, that practitioners know, that scientists know, and it's just not reaching the masses. And that really breaks my heart because I know personally, if I had the information that I needed back when I was 25, life would have been so much easier. So I'm so excited to continue to build that platform to, to bring the information to the masses in a really easy and affordable way. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's very and exciting. What a, you are just such a special light worker for this world. Oh, and um, I think what you're doing is so incredible because it's all based on empowerment. And I think we need more women's empowerment today. So thank you for the work that you're doing in this world. I am all for the empowerment of the ladies. Yeah. I'm all for it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review and subscribe where you love to listen. Or you can connect with me via social at Bound for Beauty. And that's beauty with an E. I'll see you next time.